This is Isabella Pinteric with Solid Stitch Embroidery. Mark Vassalanton with Bastex International. This is Dave Pomeroy with NBM National Business Media. Greg Brown with All We Do. And you are listening to the Two Regular Guys Podcast. 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 Hosted by Terry Combs and Aaron Montgomery. All right. The, welcome to the show. It is Friday, April 17th, 2020. I am Terry Combs, and you can find me at terrycombs.com. And I'm Aaron Montgomery, and you can find me over at oursuccessgroup.com. Uh, today, we'll be turning the mics over to Christine Shreve, and uh, she's all in, ready to go. So we're, we're good to go. No uh, no guest hosting by me today. So that, that's good. <laughs> all guests are accounted for. Everybody mic checked. It's, oh, it's almost frightening. We were five minutes early. <laughs> I know. I know. This is uh, definitely... The, the gods are shining upon us today. So good <laughs> exactly. stuff. Um, so yeah, Christine and uh, and her group of wonderful people here, and we'll, we'll introduce them all in just a second. Uh, Going to be talking about selling in a time of crisis. So uh, really, it, I mean, obviously timely and uh, obviously excited to learn about this. And, and uh, you know, so I've got my not yellow legal notepad, but I do have my uh, notebook ready to go. So Close enough. How, how about you, Terry? <laughs> are you, you ready to go over there? <laughs> like as usual, as usual. Plus, I also have the the blank books and okay. Here, the, you're Terry's big book of non travel. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Uh, so uh, let's see who's checking in here. Eric is uh, checking in in the comments here this morning. So appreciate that. And and Kim and uh, Cindy and Carolyn and Chris and we've got Alan checking in and Sheila. And Jane, man, we could go on and on and on. So uh, let's see yeah, here. Awesome. Todd, man, a great, great group in there. So regulators showing up in force. So we appreciate, appreciate that. And uh, all right, Terry. Well, let's see here. Uh, Joe, Rich, Linda. Okay. I think I, I may have missed some people, but I, so apologize if I missed you, but thanks for checking in with us this morning and looking we, forward we to have Eric running the board. That's the, <laughs> yeah, exactly. He, he is in the comments though. So I, uh, yeah as usual, always helping out. So, um, all right, Terry, well, let's, let's talk a little news here real quick before we, sure. uh, we get into our guests. And, uh, so the news for me is, uh, tonight is the party, Terry. Yeah, are, are you, absolutely. Hey, did you get invited to that party, by the way? I did get invited to the party. Oh, sh- and, uh, don't tell anybody. No, actually, <laughs> actually do tell people. Sorry about that. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, tonight is a virtual cocktail party that uh, we're going to be hosting. So if you go to our website to the number two regular guys slash party, uh, then you can uh, sign up to be there. Uh, it's a going to be a, a Zoom party and uh, there's a limit of 100 people. So. Uh, when I checked last night, there were 86 people signed up, plus uh, all the people from last week. So technically, we're over 100. So we'll see. Um, so get there early. <laughs> uh, if you can't get in, uh, you just wait behind the velvet rope. And uh, that's right. That's right. If the somebody goes out, you can come in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So as people go out, you'll be able to come in. Uh, that's <laughs> happening at, at seven o'clock Central Time. So that'd be uh, five o'clock on the the West Coast and uh, eight o'clock on the East Coast. And Everybody else in between figured out, you know. <laughs> well, I know that uh, I'm bringing doing. appetizers from cold beers and cheeseburgers, so everybody should uh, reach out to somebody local and uh, and uh, bring your bring your appetizers from some uh, local establishment to help them keep their doors open. So that's what we're going to be doing here. 
Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Good stuff. So again, two regular guys.com slash party and uh, check that out. Uh, it's being supported by the good folks over at Dax. And uh, in fact, Dax has their virtual trade show happening right now. So uh, go to DaxShow.com and, and, and check that out. And um, yeah, Aaron. Speaking of uh, speaking of the Dax show, the Dax seminars are now available online. I know I've done mine, and uh, some of the other folks, uh, some of the other speakers have, have already recorded theirs. But uh, hey, no, nobody knows when this COVID nineteen outbreak is going to subside, and uh, when when life goes back to normal, and hopefully sooner than later, we're all need to be ready to to get get to work. So to help make uh, use of your time during these days, we've made arrangements for this year's Dax seminars. To be offered so you can gain the skills and knowledge you need to be ready to serve your customers in the months ahead. Anybody can register to attend our online seminars. And these are, uh, Aaron, uh, the, the seminars that all of us were going to be presenting live. So, um, you know, and, and as as per usual, uh, when I did mine on Wednesday, I got halfway through my slide deck. <laughs> I, I did already have some people say, hey, can you send me the rest of those slides? So, uh, <laughs> you know, I thought I always blamed the people listening, um, you know, the people in the audience for asking questions. I didn't have a single person there but me, and I still didn't get through the slides. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so like our shows, I'm going to break it into two. But yeah, uh, exactly. But anybody could register uh, regardless of whether you were planning to go to the DAC shows or not. Uh, you can read the full press release and we'll get it up on the screen. Screen Printing Magazine Online has a full press release on that subject. Excellent. Yeah. So uh, check that out. And uh, yeah, so Terry did his... Uh, Let's see who else. Dane has Green, done his. Yeah. Clay did his yesterday. Uh, so the cool part for me is I get to produce these things. And man, I learned a ton of stuff. Even even <laughs> from you, Terry. I, I've heard your seminar before, and I still learned something. So uh, good very good. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I love talking about uh, talking about screen printing. I did have somebody say to me, "Man, you use your hands a lot." <laughs> <laughs> when I get excited, man, the hands are going. Hands are going. I love it. And I, love it. I have no Italian blood in me. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Cindy says she's looking forward to today's show, and. Awesome. Uh, Alan will be doing his this week and, uh, um, or next week, I guess would be (laughs) the case as it is Friday. Uh, Josh Ellsworth checking in, Josh, thank you for joining us. Appreciate you stopping by this morning. Happy Friday to you as well, sir. Uh, Todd says he is dropping off shirts to our local Mexican restaurant and bringing home food and drink. So there we go. Awesome. Fantastic, Todd. Sarah checking in there. Okay. So, uh, get that off the screen. One last bit of news and then, uh, Oh, wow. You you did get it. Make it happen. I love you. Love did, it, man. Terry. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking at the outline going, oh, uh, we can figure this out. But we got it. You, you uh, came through. I appreciate that. <laughs> All right. So one more news. And then we've got the, the weekly dad joke. And Terry's bringing that to us. So appreciate that. Impressions Magazine is a great resource for COVID-19 updates. Uh, they have daily updates from suppliers and decorators on how they're handling the worldwide crisis. If you go over to impressionsmagazine.com and in there, they also have a list of resources to help support your business. Uh, as new additional programs emerge, they will continue to update that page. So uh, please go ahead and uh, check that out and, and uh, let the folks at impressions know you appreciate them looking out for us and, and uh, tell them the two regular guys sent you, but uh, Terry, it is now Christine's favorite part of the show, dad joke time. <laughs> <laughs> and I have one. I, I've made a note in there said, what's I supposed to do next week? And you yeah, panicked you, and I, you're uh, right. I've got one, man. 
Here it is. Are you ready for the dad joke? I'm I'm ready. (laughs) What does the Secret Service yell now instead of get down, Mr. President? I don't know. What do they yell? They yell Donald Duck. (laughs) (laughs) Very good. (laughs) That is a dad joke. I love it. That's a very good one. All right. Excellent. All right. Hey, before we dive in, we want to thank everyone for checking out the Two Regular Guys podcast. If you are listening to the podcast version, we would appreciate you sharing with your friends so they can become regulators too. People who listen to our show are regulators. (laughs) Plus, we would love and appreciate you giving us a review on Apple Podcasts. Stitcher or wherever you listen to the show. And we are always looking for new guests. If you or anyone you know would like to join us, go to calendly.com slash two. That's the number two, two regular guys. And uh, give us your show ideas. If you're watching us live right now, join in with your comments and questions. Reach out to your industry friends and make sure that they join us today too. All right. And if I can get this figured out, let's hear a word from our sponsor, Impressions Expo. What is Impressions Expo? Impressions Expo, formerly known as ISS, is the premier trade show dedicated to the imprinted and decorated apparel industry. They have five shows that are produced annually in each region of the United States, including Long Beach, California, Atlantic City, New Jersey, Orlando, Florida, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and cap off the year at Fort Worth, Texas. Each of those five annual shows also feature over 30 seminars and hands-on workshops in categories such as screen printing, embroidery, digitizing, digital decorating, and much, much more. Visit ImpressionsExpo.com for more details. And while there, use the promo code REGULARGUYSIE for a free expo pass. Again, make sure you visit ImpressionsExpo.com to get more details. And the two regular guys look forward to seeing you there. All right. Well, thanks again to Impressions Expo for their support of, of our program and uh, make sure that you're supporting them and, and uh, get over there to their, their page and click on the links and, uh, you know, go to the advertisers and all that stuff. So that's how we, we support each other by, by doing those things. And uh, yeah. So Terry, are you ready? I'm ready to turn over my microphone. <laughs> Hand it over. We're okay. I'm going to unplug now. Um, all right. Well, Terry, I'm going to have you duck out. So we have, have room to bring everybody on here right. and uh, Bye, everyone. so, so <laughs> talk to you next week, Terry. All right. Very good. All right. So let me first bring in our host today. Christine Shreve can be found at christineshreve.com where she talks all things marketing, social media, and business. You can also find her at readingandranting.com where the discussion concerns reading, writing, and things of literary persuasions and, and at when in uh, when I'm okay. thin. When I'm thin. Okay, cool. Th- this is all new stuff for me. So I appreciate yeah. it. <laughs> this is really cool. I, I can't wait to go check it all out. When I'm thin, where the topics include health, fitness, exercise, nutrition, and body image. Uh, Christine is the founder of the Women in Garment Decorating Facebook group. Yeah. And the brainchild behind this awesome opportunity here on our show. And uh, so 
the Facebook group is a place of community and education for female garment decorators. She's a writer for Printware Magazine and Engraver's Journal. Christine is also a speaker at the Decorated Apparel uh, trade shows, and she is also soon to be the host of two new podcasts, Reading and Ranting and Business Plus Women. I'm really excited about all of that stuff, Christine. Well, you know, apparently I don't lack ambition. I feel yeah. like I should do a lot, a lot of stuff, I guess. So, <laughs> yeah, for or sure. Or I think people will be interested in what I have to say. I don't know, but <laughs> I, I think people will. I'm, I'm really excited. And like you said, yes, yeah, plenty of ambition, plenty going on there. And yeah. I got your email. I, I owe you a return email here soon. <laughs> <Not a problem. laughs> All right. Well, let's let's bring in in the rest of the guests here, Christine. Uh, unless you, there was anything you wanted to share before we, we jump. Um, well, I'm just laughing. I just saw Carolyn made a comment about lipstick. She has, you know, the theory about the red lipstick that yeah. you can't see anybody on video. I don't wear lipstick, so. <laughs> Neither do I. So uh, we're yeah, good. <laughs> so, well, I guess nobody can see us, but it's all right. Yes. Oh, and Todd, for made sure oh, that we says I'm Wonder Woman, which yes. I absolutely love. And, and at some point, well, no, I'm, I don't think I'll ever wear the costume, but maybe <laughs> I'll get the bracelets or something. There you go. There you go. We'll, we'll at least add it onto the bio. So, Oh um, yeah, I yeah, guess so. Definitely. And I'm popular, popularly known as Wonder Woman, I guess. <laughs> yes, exactly. All right. Well, let's, let's bring Allie in here first Yeah. and uh, I'm going to change the view so we can all, everybody get to come hang out. So welcome in Allie. Allie Banholzer began Wear Your Spirit Wear. Uh, sorry, Wear Your Spirit Warehouse, uh, W-Y-S-H, in 2004, literally at her kitchen table. She was a mom of two beautiful baby girls and a proud military wife to her husband, David. In 2010, the business outgrew the house and moved to commercial space. Allie continued to support her young family and hold down the home front while David traveled and did all things that being an Air Force officer entailed. Uh, early in 2014, David became the 14th presidential pilot of the United States and the commander of Air Force One, fulfilling a lifelong dream. Uh, sadly, this dream was cut short in May of 2014 when David was diagnosed with terminal cancer. At that time, Allie closed down her commercial storefront and moved WYSW back to the house so she could care for David and her girls. With the help of incredible friends and employees, Allie was able to continue to run the business while caring for her husband. Uh, David passed away in November of 2016. Allie took a bit of time to care for her girls, grieve, and plan. In April of 2017, she moved uh, WYSW back out of the small commercial location in Hunting Huntingtown. Is that correct, Allie? Yep. Okay. Yep. Yep. In Huntingtown, with the amazing support of friends, employees, and local community, Allie was able to grow WYSW into the international company it is today and in their new larger location. So welcome to the show, Allie. Thank you. I'm glad right. to be here. Awesome. All right. Well, we're going to keep keep moving so I can get out of the way and let you guys get to it here. Uh, Tanya and her husband, Jay, started out as a part-time garage-based business in 2004. In 2015, they took the leap to a brick-and-mortar storefront in downtown Fairmont, Minnesota, and then in 2017, purchased a second location in St. Peter's, Minnesota. Jay has handled the business side of the business while Tanya is a graphic designer. 
The Visual Identity Vault is the home to screen print, embroidery, heat transfer vinyl, and sublimation, as well as sign banners and promotional products and gifts, as well as laser cutting and engraving. <laughs> they do it all. We can just say you do it all, Tanya. <laughs> Tanya is a member of BNI and a member of several online groups and finds that helping others in the industry has become something that she deeply enjoys. So welcome in, Tanya. Thank you. And Aaron, you didn't try the last name. Oh, uh, here, I wrote down. Deutscher. Tanya Deutscher. <laughs> I got it. I had to do that. I had I, to do that. I appreciate it. Yep. Keep keep me honest. I like it. All right. And then Jillian, Jillian Haney, is the owner of Jillian Inc. Screen Printing. She is self-taught in screen printing, has been in business since 2015. She graduated from the University of Nebraska, Omaha with an MBA. Her business serves other small businesses, sports moms, and boutique owners. Outside of printing, she has a passion for fitness and spending time with her husband and two-year-old. So welcome in, Jillian. Thank you. Yay. Awesome. Okay. Well, the gang's all here. The gang's all here. I'm going to bail out of here, and I am excited to, to turn this over to you, Christine. So have Okay, Aaron, you'll just, you'll just pop back in when you need it back. Yeah. And, you know, you guys go. I, I'm, Do we get I'm bonus time? time? There's always bonus time on Two Radio, Christine. Yeah. <laughs> All right, you guys have fun, and, and I'm super excited. Thank you for being here. All right. Thank you. First of all, ladies, thank you so much for being here. I know this is kind of an interesting thing to do for some people, but it's going to be so fun. We're going to have a good time. And one of the first things I'm going to do to you is one of the things I told you I was going to do, which is start the questions out of order, because that's fun. Um, and the because I think it's the question that kind of underpins everything else that we're talking about, I want to talk about what our culture tells us about what women are supposed to do when there's a crisis. Because I think that kind of underpins a lot of what we think about how we should behave and what other people think. So I just want to start with what occurred to me when I thought about this question, which was I went back to Florence Nightingale and her nurses when she went to Crimea back in the Crimean War, which was back in, God, don't quote me on this, somewhere in the 1800s, I think. And they were all volunteers. They didn't get paid. They were considered angels of mercy that were putting themselves in this really kind of awful situation and dangerous situation. But, you know, there's the image of her as the lady with the lamp comforting the soldiers that were hurt. And there was no kind of recognition that, you know, she was doing a job, that they were taking a risk. It was all kind of, well, it was the nice ladies who came and made everybody feel better and were selfless and giving. And, and that's a great image, but I think it's also an image that kind of, puts women in a box a little bit as, you know, we're supposed to be self-sacrificing all the time and we're never supposed to think about, well, we have businesses and we need to make a living and all that kind of stuff. So that's kind of where I'm coming from that, but I'm wondering what the rest of you think. So Allie, since you're next to me on the screen, I'm going to start with you. What do you think? All right. Well, I kind of went back even further than you. Okay. Um, to, to caveman days and whose roles were hunting and whose were gathering and nurturing okay. and tending to the kids. And I think there's still, you know, of, of course we're talking generalities today. So I'd never, oh, yeah, yeah. you know, 
say this is specific to everybody, but, um, you know, I do think there's an expectation that women are the nurturers and we pause for a minute and, mm-hmm. um, you know, we're looking where we can gather and where we can, um, get the best for our families and, mm-hmm. and do that nurturing. Uh, and generally men are out there fast reaction, hunting, killing, you know, going on to the next <laughs> hunting, killing, going on to the next thing. So, Woo! you know, I, I do think that that's kind of, uh, in our DNA and our, and the expectations and, uh, you know, my, my role in particular, I, I'm a widow. I have two kids to, to take care of. And, mm-hmm. uh, I cross both of those roles. I've got to, you know, uh, I want to volunteer. I want to nurture. I want to donate, but I also have to provide for my family. So I do think still as a society, thousands of years later, mm-hmm. women are still considered the nurturers and the caretakers. Which, I mean, and and I think you made a really good point that I want to make sure that we make clear. We're not saying that guys don't want to take care of their families or that they're not willing to volunteer and do. We're not saying that. Culturally, it's the expectation has, like Ali said, men have been more action man and women have been more the nurturers and the the ones who take care of the family and the ones who are kind of expected to be a little more self-sacrificing. You know, another thing, I mean, I don't have children, but another thing is also the image of the mother who will sacrifice anything for her children kind of thing, you know? So Tanya, what do you think about that? Um, For me, I have this overwhelming need to make sure that everyone is taken care of. I have that too. (laughs) From uh, my husband, especially this year, since we've been dealing with the health crisis since January 4th, um, to the stores, because I'm taking over some of what he's done. And there's some days that he just doesn't feel physically able to work, um, mm-hmm. to making sure our employees are taken care of, as well as our community. Um, so it's a hard balance. And I've had to learn really quick. Um, and I post in the group a lot that I need to take care of myself more because I ended up in the ER. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's, I think as a whole, women are expected or they put it on themselves quite a bit that they need to t- make sure that everything is taken care of to the point that they don't take care of themselves. Yeah, and that's a that's a really good point. And Carolyn, I'm just reading the comments here, and Carolyn made a nice comment about men have the fear of coming back empty-handed. So there's a little judgment for them, too. Right. But I wanted to ask, because I know, um, Jillian, you have a little kid. Yeah, a two-year-old. Two or something. Yeah. So does that change things a little bit when they're younger rather than older? Because I know, Allie, your kids are teenagers, correct? Yeah. Um, well, we pulled her out of daycare a few weeks ago and I've been taking care of her all day while my husband works in the basement. So it's been me taking care of her. And then about four o'clock he gets off work and then I'm trying to get all of my work done for my business. I'm pretty much burnt out by that point. So, um, you know, I'm kind of just in order to take care of our family and what we need, he has the steady income, mine's up and down. Uh, just doing what we have to do and doing what I have to do, whether it burns me out or not, you just got to get it done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's, it's just, I'm finding it really interesting that 
you know, I'm seeing a lot of women, I've seen it a lot in the group, which is what prompted this discussion in the first place, where a lot of women are saying, I don't know whether to sell. I don't know how much I should sell for. Should I just sell for my cost and then just kind of take a loss on it? Or, you know, and I, and what struck me about that so much is you don't, or at least I haven't seen, and maybe there's groups where men go and they talk about this stuff and they say, do you think I should? But I don't see that as much. And I'm, and I think part of that is cultural, but I did want to ask, do you think that as a general rule, women are more worried about selling in general? And Jillian's nodding. So yes. what do you think, Jillian? I don't think it's even a discussion for men. I, I think that they put their products out there. They, they get it taken care of. I mean, we're, we're sewing. I don't see a lot of men sewing. I know my brother-in-law uses his embroidery machine to make these masks, but they put those out there for a profit. I don't think they sit and think like, should I not? And I think people approached women to donate things a lot quicker than they're going to approach a man and a man that's a business. Well, that definitely makes sense. Um, and I just, Allie just said she can't hear Jillian. I can hear Jillian. So hopefully it could be you. Okay. Well, unless we'll have Erin look into that. And as long as I think she's going out to the podcast, we should be, I can always relay questions, but um, I think you're totally right. That guys, men don't necessarily tend to think about it as much. They just kind of go, okay, I need to do it. And it's, it's kind of a, and I think women maybe overthink it too much because we're looking at all the angles of what this, what this means and what it doesn't. And excuse me, uh, I just saw a comment that says she's loud and clear in the stream. So it must just be you, Allie, that isn't able to hear her right now. Sorry about that. <laughs> no, that's okay. I apologize if I repeat something she says. <laughs> oh, that's fine. We can, we can make that work. It's not, this is a minor technical difficulty. We've had major ones before, so this is better. Um, but basically the point she was making is guys just put their products out there and they just go. And women, I think, sometimes overthink it. And I don't know, I guess that's a question. Why do we overthink it? And I kind of like that question a little bit. Why do we overthink it? So I'm going to ask that. Tanya, why do you think we overthink it? I actually was just talking about this yesterday with um, Jillian Allen and Becky Kotzer and Kim Koshavar. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of it is fear. Are we good enough? Are designs good enough? Will people like them? Um, I've let fear inhibit me from getting my digital download site up because it's like, well, people want to come even look at it. And so last night I started the process of, of getting it done um, after talking about it for months and months. Um, I think we're really hard on ourselves and we, we overthink, you know, what are people going to think if we sell these things during this time of crisis, but mm -hmm. people still need things even during the, the time of crisis. You know, I found that um, we've been donating our time and our laser for the, the mass cutting for our group. And by doing that, we've ended up getting more business. Sure. So it's kind of, you know, 
people respect that we're doing something good and it's brought attention to our ourselves that hey they're they're doing a good job let's come mm-hmm. come to buy from them that type of right. thing Right. Well, and I think Mary Carroll just put a really had a really good comment here and I want to address it. I have seen women get downright hostile in the Facebook groups when others are selling masks. Not everyone can afford to donate. And I think that's a really good point. But the part I wanted to touch on there is women judging women. Mm -hmm. And I see that happen a lot. And I we've we've kind of touched on this in other versions of this podcast that we've done, but I wonder why we do that to ourselves. What do you think about that, Allie? Got any clues on that one? Uh, I mean, we can go back to to sociology, and you know, I keep coming back to kind of the caveman days, but mm-hmm. we're pretty harsh on ourselves. We're pretty harsh on each other. Um, we want to be the best. We want to be the prettiest. We want to be, you know desirable, you know, whatever mm-hmm. that is. And I don't, I think that crosses over into business as well. And, you know, I have found in particularly your group and some of the other groups I'm in, I gain far more when we are community building each other up. Mm-hmm. Tanya Absolutely. Said we're, we're doing some things in our community, uh, donating and raising funds for small businesses and things that way. And we're getting a much better response from that than, than the flat out selling. And we're building, we're building those relationships. And I think women, right. not that men don't build relationships, but I think women are more worried about what other women think. And we're also very harsh on ourselves and others. Um, and we're also likely to hold on to things longer. Uh, men generally, <laughs> I mean, I'm laughing because you're right. Both physical and emotional. Men, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Um, men generally, you know, you look at you look at teenage girls and they'll fight and they'll have a grudge and things this way. You look at teenage boys, they'll get in a fist fight, punch each other, and they're best friends ten minutes later. And I think all of that feeds into the business community and how we communicate and how we sell and how we're perceived and what we think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that makes sense. There's a good comment here from Crystal Lee Hogue, I think it is. Um, It's public expectation with women. When we are straightforward, we are viewed negatively at times, whereas men are respected. And I think, yeah, there's that's what I see with a lot of people, women who are selling masks is and I do the hand thing, too. So be prepared, um, is that they kind of approach it obliquely a little bit instead of going, Hey, I made this product and I know you guys need it. And here's what I'm selling it for, you know, or they do like, I've seen a couple that'll do like fun little games. Like the next time that next person that comments on this post, you can get this mask for this amount of money or something. So it's almost like you can't straight up go, look, I have these people need them. If you want them, here's what they cost. And I don't know if that's kind of a way to make it less of a judgeable kind of thing or what that is. If we're kind of, I, I know where I'm going with this. I just can't get the word <laughs> there. I'm, I wonder if it's kind of a soft sell. If we're like, well, I'm selling these, but I'm not really selling them, you know, right. I'm kind of, I'm kind of doing it in a way that I think is going to be acceptable. Mm-hmm. instead of going 
You know, and I, one of the things, one of the other things that I wanted to talk about, because I also think it's a good point, and it's, is what's the difference between making a profit and profiteering? Because I think for a lot of people, they feel like if they make any money, they're, they're gaining something from this situation. And it's, it's a crap situation. I think we could all acknowledge that. Yeah. But I don't think that if you can supply something that somebody needs and if you can do it at a fair price, that's not a wrong thing. But I think a lot of people feel that it is. So the, I guess that's the question is where do you cross the line? I'll jump oh. in. Okay. Um, so for me, we are selling masks. Just flat out say it. We're selling masks. Um, right. And... I approached it this way. How much does it cost me to produce the masks, labor, materials, all of this? I own a business. I'm running a business. Um, who are my customers? And then I priced according to that. How many can I make in an hour? What does it cost me to run my shop for mm -hmm. that hour and the labor? Um, I had some guilt about donating things that way. But then the flip side of that is being a business owner. I had the guilt of keeping my employees employed. Well, mm -hmm. if I'm producing something for profit, I'm not paying my employees and they all have families to support. So to me, profiteering is looking at the market saying, how much can I get for this? And I'm going to charge the highest price I can possibly right, right, right. that the market will pay versus looking at it as I'm running a business. I have to cover my costs and I am a for profit business. So I need to make sure that I'm selling these for enough. That, mm -hmm. that I maintain my profit margin, I maintain the health of my business. I think that's selling for profit and good versus, oh, look, nobody can get masks. So I'm going to sell them for $75 a <laughs> because people will buy it. And that's right. And I think to me, that's where I drew the line. That makes sense to me. And Jillian, I want to ask you this question too, because you said earlier that your business isn't your main source of support right now. So does that make a difference in how you think about it? Or are you still looking at it as, and it shouldn't make a difference. It's still your business, yeah. but I'm just wondering if that calculation goes into it at all. Cause I know there's a lot of other people out there who are probably in the same situation. Well, it's, it's mostly, I mean, Avery's home from daycare, so we're saving right. that money and I look at it as us making that money. But when I look at it, I think to myself, do I want to go out and volunteer? Do I have the time? Do I have the resources to go out and volunteer? And at this time in my life, the answer is no. I have to provide mm -hmm. for my family. So if I'm not going to be out volunteering at some other place, I'm not going to be volunteering at my business just because this happens to be what people want. Uh, you know, I'm going to run my business as a business. I think if you stick within your normal profit margins, then you're not profiteering. Right. And that totally makes sense. And I think that's that's the way to look at it. And I agree. I've seen a couple of really good comments here. Um, Ramona gave us the definition of profiteer, which I think is funny. Um, gerinder, present participle, profiteering, make or seek to, seek to make an excessive or unfair profit, especially illegally or in the black market, which obviously none of us are doing. But I mean, you know, you read the stories about, oh, the keywords here are excessive or unfair profit versus covering expenses, but still providing a service. And I think that's true. And Aaron also had a really good comment that profit is not a dirty word, 
but we do need to make a profit so we can give back to not only our employees, but our community. So I guess then the question is, if we know this as business owners, as intelligent adult women, why is there so much angst about it amongst a lot of women who are running businesses? Is it, we think we're gonna be judged? Is it cultural norms? Is it being scared that people are gonna think you're trying to make a buck off a bad situation? What do you guys think? Let's start with you, Jillian, what do you think? Well, you know, you wrote that article about the bullies that we hear inside our heads. And I think for women, it goes straight Mm -hmm. back to that. We always hear those bullies. And throughout my business, I've heard them every time I go to price a product, you know, is my design as good as somebody else's? Is it worth this much? Can I sell it for this much? Are people going to look at this and think, oh, she wants $20 for a t-shirt? Like, I I hear those voices and they just need to Mm -hmm. shut up. <laughs> you need to give them all a, a sleeping pill and put them to bed, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's true. We do judge ourselves. So, Tanya, what do you think about that one? Um, I think fearing being judged by others is is a big thing. It's something that I've kind of gotten over, um, or try to at least. I try to surround myself with people that are are supportive rather than. Um, I've been in groups that have been just really, really nasty and I've left those Mm. and and I just am a member of a couple of groups that I really, really enjoy and can give back to. Um, But there still are those voices in your head, you know, is this going to be something that people laugh at? You know, if I put, put a new product up on our page, um, things of that nature, or are you taking advantage of a situation? Yeah, that totally makes sense. Allie, what do you think? You know, I'm in the same boat. I think it all comes down to to worrying about perceptions and how we're perceived and what will my community think? And if I'm perceived as profiteering or trying to make a quick buck, will that turn future customers away? Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Totally makes sense. Well, and I also think getting back to the cultural thing again, because apparently I'm an anthropologist today or something. I don't know. But anyway. <laughs> One of the things that I think is interesting, and we've touched on this a little bit already, but I think it's worth a little more examination, is the whole thing of what are men taught about making a profit and what are women taught about making a profit? Because I think that we're taught different things. I know when I was growing up, You know, I was taught that you aren't supposed to show that you're too intelligent and you aren't supposed to really compete. I mean, you can compete, but in a ladylike way, as opposed to in a I'm really good at this and I want to kick your all's ass kind of way. (laughs) And, you know, that kind of thing. So there were messages coming through and the messages were be a lady and don't really push too hard at this stuff. And I know from, I didn't have a brother, but I had, you know, male cousins and stuff. And I know they're, what they were being told was different. So that's a question. And Tanya, I know that you have a lot of young men, some of whom are biologically your children and others who are just sons of your heart, I guess. And I'm going to start with you on this one. Do you think boys and and girls or men and women are taught different things about how, what it means to make a profit and if that's a good or a bad thing? Um, I think now, like with, with my kids, we, 
we raise them to be, you know, whether you're a girl or a boy, you go out and you do the best you can at everything. Right. For me personally, um, my career path originally was to be a secretary because that's what my dad said that a good girl would go do. It'd be a good career for, for, for a girl. I was um, supposed to be a librarian. So there you go. <laughs> went to school for that and hated it. So I came into graphic design as, as an adult and then Jay and I became entrepreneurs. So mm-hmm. I came into it late in life and have a husband that's been fully supportive and has pushed me to get out of my shell because I used to be really, really shy. And nobody believes me on that that score anymore. Well, I think um, it's awesome that you're here then if that's something yeah. that that's amazing. Um so I think the the younger the younger group if they're if they're raised right, um and not raised to be entitled that they can do anything they want. We've had foreign exchange students that have been girls and boys and mm-hmm. we've always treated them the same. You know, go out and do do what you want, do the best you can and if that means you're going to be a business owner, then go do the best you can at that score. That's awesome. Now, Allie, I wanted to ask you this question too cuz I know your daughters are teenagers, correct? 16 and 18, one high school, one Okay. High. Yeah. Okay. So what do you guys teach them when they were growing up? Um, so I agree with Tanya. I think that it changes from generation to generation with them. It's go do be anything you want. Um, both of my girls are heavy into sciences. My oldest daughter is studying biology. Uh, oh, cool. My youngest daughter doesn't know. She's a sophomore, so she doesn't know yet, but she wants to go into a science. And, you know, traditionally that's been a male dominated role. Mm-hmm. Both doing great um, good and and pursuing that so for me personally you know go be do anything anything you want I do think there's still some society some societal roles and things that way um mm-hmm. my background actually is as a criminologist before I moved all over the country following a military career um mm-hmm. I worked at police departments as, as a criminologist and that's a very male-dominated world oh yeah and uh it was interesting to be young and academic and female uh and and i really learned to to hold my own and and mm-hmm. way um and it served me well and then you know eventually later on when i talked to my husband and things and he would deploy and he's like well one of the things that i loved about you when we met was how independent you are and you could just take care of yourself so i do think with each generation that's more and more mm-hmm I think it's certainly that way with my daughters. They're independent of their own mind and things that way. Um, and not to be completely off topic, but last year there was a country song release called For the Daughters. And I don't mm-hmm. know if you've heard it, but it's it's a really interesting commentary on the subject of how girls, hmm. the, you know, don't spread your mascara, look pretty, mm-hmm. don't get dirty, you know. Um, I don't know. Yeah. It's kind of settled with me. Um, but I do think it's changing. Oh, good. And Jillian, you know this question's coming to you because Avery's what, two? Yeah. So what are you going to teach her? Um, <laughs> hopefully just whatever she wants, whatever she wants to learn. I okay. mean, I, I think one of my biggest things is that anybody can learn anything. Anybody can get better at something. Mm-hmm. And the biggest thing is whether or not you have an interest in that subject. So right. You know, if she wants to learn how to screen print, if she wants to do gymnastics or dance, you know, then mm-hmm. that's what 
that's what we'll teach her. So whatever she wants to do. Well, I think that's the way it should be is, you know, it should be the interest of the child in question, male or female. But I think there's still a lot of we push kids into role, into gender roles still a little bit. And I think that's a little sad. But I want to also touch on a couple of questions here. Ramona had a good one. Even now, women in the workplace or in business are seen as making pin money a term that meant extra money not needed for home and family money earned by women who just want to keep busy, but isn't necessary. It's changing, but it is still a thought out there. And I think that's exactly true that, you know, there's still this kind of, I've heard it, you know, when I said I was going to, I was thinking of starting a business, which is still in the planning stages, but anyway, um, I had older relatives and I mean, we're talking, you know, quite a bit older, like in their sixties and seventies and eighties. And, you know, they were all like, well, why would you do that? You have a decent job and you know, you're, you have security and everything. And I'm like, but I don't, I'm not doing what I love doing. And I know I could be doing more than I'm doing. So why wouldn't I do it? But there was kind of this, I don't think they would have had the same attitude if one of my male cousins had come in and said, I'm going to start a business. So, you know, I think it's interesting. And I think Allie made a really good point that as the generations go, the attitudes do change some. I mean, I'm 51. So, and I was kind of brought up in the sit down and look pretty generation, you know? So that, I think that, um, the generation you grew up in maybe impacts a little bit how you think about things, I guess. I don't know. I'm like I said, I'm not sure how old the rest of you are, but the generation that I grew up in, that was pretty much um, what they, what I was told. So I'm looking here to see if there's any more comments I want to bring in. Oh, Sheila has a good one. And this is a good question. Do you think it's a different mindset in different parts of the country? I like this question because I am born in I'm born and raised in Michigan, Midwest. I was always taught and I grew up in a fairly cosmopolitan city. Uh, because we were the world headquarters for Dow Chemicals. So we had a lot of really educated scientists and people coming in from all over the world. So we met a lot of people. So there was a very high expectation of achievement. But even when I was growing up, you didn't see a lot of female scientists. All All the women were the wives of the men for the most part. And they didn't bring like female scientists to school and go, hey, girls, you could come and do this, you know. So I think that's a good question. So I'm Midwest. I don't know where the rest of you grew up, but do you think there's a different maybe on the West Coast or the East Coast? I don't know. Any, I'm just going to throw this one out to the group because I don't want to spotlight in case you don't have a, um, I don't know. Well, Allie, you've been all over the place. So I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit since you were a military wife. So you probably moved quite a bit. We did. I grew up up in the Pacific Northwest. uh, Okay. Washington State. Okay, see if I can do this. We went from Washington to Illinois to California to Maryland to Rhode Island, back to Washington, and then back to Maryland. Oh, wow. (laughs) Um, 
So I can't say that I noticed a huge difference in region of how mm-hmm. women treated, but I'll throw the caveat in. I see a difference in how women are treated by socioeconomics. And oh, interesting. Okay. So that that's a, I guess what I'll throw out. I I I haven't perceived for myself being treated differently. I've never lived in the South. I've never lived uh, further north than Rhode Island on the East Coast. Right. Um, so I don't I don't perceive it regionally. I perceive it socioeconomically. Well, that's interesting because you I can see where that would come into play. Now, is it is it the higher you go on the scale, the roles are more rigid or the lower your income is, the roles are more rigid? I think it's, um, I think there's, I'm not going to make it linear. I think there's a sweet spot in the middle. Okay. Or, uh, a lot of families where both the husband and wife work. Mm-hmm. And um, and I, I perceive, this is purely my perception. Sure. More equality. I think on the higher end, you have more choice and a lot of women choose to stay home. I'm choosing my words so carefully. A lot of women choose to stay home with their children. Right. And, and I'm not making judgment on that. I stayed home for a long time with my kids before um, starting my business. And so um, uh, there's a different perception there. Certainly, if, if you are not working and you are home caring for the children and we come into a crisis like this, that continues to be your role. It's not a change, sure. but it continues to be your role. Um, sure. And then... Um, in the United States, education levels and things this way typically um, also dictate your income mm-hmm. to a certain extent. And I think that depends on if you can afford child care outside the home and things that way and whether you're home caring for children. And just traditionally, it's generally the female that stays home to care for children. One of the things that I want to just focus on here because I thought it was interesting because every time we come to this subject there's always a disclaimer and the disclaimer is anytime we start talking about well women who stay home and take care of their kids and they don't have a business and they don't have and then it's always like the immediate disclaimer is but I'm not making any judgment on that it's okay if you I, I wonder and I think it's I think it's interesting for a couple of reasons and one is because there was a time, like when I grew up, my mother worked from the time I was very, very small. Um, she started out in a place and she worked her way up. She ended up running it by the time she was done. But she always worked. And that was very, very, we, I, I was born in 69. I grew up in the 70s. That was more rare. And there was a lot of judgment about the fact that she wasn't home. And we had a babysitter in the morning that would get us ready to go to school and things. Um And now I look at it and the judgment's almost gone the other way. So that if you stay home now, everybody's like, well, you know, I'm not making any judgment about that. (laughs) And I'm like, why? Okay, here's a question. And this has nothing to do with our topic, but it's a good question. So I want to talk about it. Why do we do that to ourselves? Why? For me, it comes back to the beginning of the conversation of, of we are we are all fearful of being judged. And I think we've become very aware of that. And so we also don't want to place judgment. For me personally, 
I've done both. I have stayed home and raised my children and I've owned a business and I have worked. And I like to say, I don't think one's harder or easier. They're different. And right. Yeah. Part of the reason I started my business is because I was losing my mind staying home. I love my girls. I love taking care of them. I love spending time with them, but I needed adult interactions as well. Mm -hmm. And I needed um, analytical problem solving for me personally, for my brain. Um, right. And so I, I truly don't make the judgment. They're both difficult positions to be in. Life is difficult and it's just a matter of, of juggling it. But I think when we start taking generalizations and getting very specific about them, then people mm. perceive we're judging and or we're afraid of being judged. Yeah, I think that's true. And I just think it's interesting because I don't, you don't see and again, huge generalization. I, I'm saying that right up front. But you don't see men doing this thing, at least not that I've seen. I mean, I have male friends. Obviously, I have male relatives, you know, um, not married. But, you know, um, you don't see them do that same thing. Guys seem to be more, you know, do your own thing, bro. Good for you. And women are... I don't have kids. I've never wanted kids. I've never had any desire. The amount of women who have made a judgment about the fact that I don't want children and have never had any aspirations to be a mom at all. I mean, I like kids, but see, I feel like I have to say that I like kids. It's not that I think they should be like, you know, put in a pen somewhere or something, but it's just never been my particular I mean, for a lot of reasons, but anyway, but the amount of women who feel like they have the right to tell me that, oh, you'll meet the right man. I mean, not anymore, but you know, when I was younger, you'll meet the right man and that'll change everything. I'm like, no, I really won't, <laughs> you know, but I, it's a phenomenon that I really would like to figure out. And I understand that in the time we have left, we're not going to do that, but it's an interesting question. Why do we, why as women do we think that we should judge other people or why do we feel almost compelled to say there's a, a good, a good way and a bad way to live your life? It's, it's, everybody's different. I don't understand it. So I know you're all looking at me like, oh crap, you're trying to solve all the problems of the universe in like five <laughs> minutes. What's your problem, woman? But, you know, it's. Because I feel like this question, oh, and Carolyn just made a really good comment here that I like too. I think women think they are being judged. I believe it is a monster in her own head and nothing to do with others. And uh, um, as Jillian was talking about earlier, the post I wrote about the bullies in our heads, I think that's absolutely true as well. But I don't know. Do I know I've seen some judgy women out there. I mean, so uh, goodness, now I've gotten I've gotten us in a sand trap. <laughs> but it's such an interesting question, and I guess it also comes back to a question that was on my list: Is part of the reason that women don't sell? because either they think they're going to be judged and it's in their own head or they really are going to be judged. And I'll throw that one out to you first, Jillian. Do you think that there's a fear of being judged and is that an accurate fear? 
I, I don't think it's accurate. I think because we are so much in our own heads, we have an opportunity to be really good at marketing because we think these things through really well. Mm -hmm. um, so I think we need to kind of use some of those maybe weaknesses or whatever you want to call them and use them to our benefit. Okay. Uh, totally makes sense. You know, when, when you start talking about whether women or men sell, I always, I think about back when I was in corporate America and you'd look at a sales floor and it was, you know, just a team of men salesmen. And there was usually one woman and she'd be at mm -hmm. the top, she'd be at the top of the team, but it'd only be one woman, but she'd be really good at what she was doing. So, I mean, I think we have the opportunity to be really good at selling. It's just, it's just a matter of, you know, getting out there and doing it. So we need to get out of our own way, basically. Yes. Okay. Tanya, what do you think? Um, I think it's a matter of growth as well. If you would have, if you would have looked at me even a year ago, two years ago, I didn't want to sell anything. I was very content to be um, doing the creative and the production. And I left the, the sales up to Jay and our employees. I didn't want to talk to anyone. Um, I'm kind of introverted by nature and, and mm -hmm. putting myself out there has been a learned characteristic. Mm -hmm. Um, and as I've grown and, and have had more life experiences, I'm trying to put the judgy people away and just not <laughs> care <laughs> and give myself some grace and give other people grace too. Um, you know, if they're being judgy, maybe look at what's going on in their life. Um, mm -hmm. I, I try to take a more philosophical approach to, to life now and, and not try to judge them back. Or maybe they're not judging me. And again, it's in my own in my own head because I do have those times when I get um, very afraid and have to take a deep breath and refocus myself. And Good you know, point. get out of your own way, Tanya. Let's. And I want to um, cover a couple comments here, and then I want to ask Allie the same question. But Aaron said. Um, that is so well said, Jillian. Marketing is so much about empathy, which I think is a really good point. So I wanted to get that in. And Sheila said, um, we need to stop worrying about what others think slash do focus on what we think or do, which I think is also true. And Aaron, Aaron is just being our little cheerleader today. He <laughs> said, Tanya, it's been so awesome to watch you continue to do amazing things. So oh, thank you, Aaron. But Allie, back to our question. Are we judging ourselves or are others judging us or is it a combo platter? <laughs> I, I think it's a combo platter, but I also think I'm much more harsh on myself than others are. I think people give me more grace than I give myself. Um, and so... Yeah, I'm probably my own, my own worst enemy. Okay, I think that's well, and I'm right there with you in that boat. I I judge myself much, much more harshly than probably anybody else ever will. So, and that's uh, there's so many things that it's like, you know, I don't want to be one of those people that says, "Oh, it's so hard to be a woman," <laughs> right? Um, you oh, know, because. That's not, that's not where we are. And I mean, you know, but I think we are our own worst enemy sometimes in terms of what we do to ourselves in the name of trying to be what trying to do what we think is acceptable to the world at large. So though Carolyn just made a really good point here. She says doubt is a human trait. I do not 
I do not think personally it is gender specific. I believe it is a learned behavior from the core base of upbringing. So that's a good point too, that, you know, you, you, everybody has doubts. Maybe women just express theirs more than men do. Is that possible? That guys are kind of taught to be strong and silent and not talk about their, I wonder if they have a, a, if there's maybe there should be a men in garment decoration group where they could go <laughs> talk about things. I don't know. Yeah. I'd agree with Tanya too, though. I mean, as your life experiences, and I'm sorry, was it Carolyn that just commented? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it is. It's your upbringing and it's your life experiences. Um, I posted something in a Facebook group yesterday, and I used kind of a cliche, and somebody replied that that one of their tasks was to stop following or listening to people who use that phrase. And I did say, I took it personally. And then I went, whatever. And I replied, I'm like, okay, I'll miss you. And moved on. Like, so what, you know, um, if you're going to judge me by a phrase I use on Facebook, then it's just not worth it. So after a while, I think you develop a thick skin. I think so. And I just saw a comment here that kind of made me laugh. James Nitro says, do I need to leave? And I'm going to say, no, James, you don't. Because women's issues are people issues. And you're people. So you can stay. (laughs) But I think that's... Go ahead. I truly don't think that it's um, men versus women. I think that women tend to internalize it more. And then... I get to the point where I'm just going to blow. <laughs> yeah. And then it's, then I will admit that Jay gets, he's like, you have the sky is falling mentality right now. Take a, take a breath. And so I found ways to deal with that. I come to mm-hmm. the women in garment decorating group and voice my opinion. <laughs> yeah. or say I'm struggling today. Um, or I try to help someone else that, that is posting that they're struggling today. Um, that's how I found a healthy way outlet Mm -hmm. to deal with that um sometimes men and women just deal with things so differently i think that's true um todd downing had a a little comment here he said let's just say if you're going to judge me then poof be gone and i think that's what ali you know ali said that about the person who was like well if you use this cliche i mean she was like yeah okay well it was nice having you bye-bye but i think we tend to take that to heart too much Mm -hmm. You know, oh, we we said something or and I'm like, and, you know, not everybody. And I just wrote about this yesterday, which makes me laugh. I need to take my own advice. Not everybody is going to like you. Right. You know, not everybody is going to think what you're doing is awesome and amazing. And some of them are going to tell you that because some people are jerks. (laughs) I don't know. I just oh, man, it's it makes me sad sometimes because I feel like we get in our own ways a lot our own way, our own ways, our own path. I don't know. I'm trying to talk and it's not working. But anyway, oh, wow. And James says his wife is a nurse. So it's been real lately. Well, tell her thank you for everything she's doing. Thank you to all the people who are out there. Absolutely. You know, the medical personnel and, and everybody who's who's keeping things moving right now. I mean, I can't imagine being a medical professional right now. Oh, yeah. So hard. Well, we're getting, we're already in bonus time a little bit. So (laughs) 
I think what I'm going to do so that we don't go into too much bonus time is just ask you guys, is there any kind of last thought that you would like to leave with the people watching? What would you like them to remember from what we talked about? And um, Jillian, you're underneath me. I'm going to hit you first. Oh, gosh. Oh, Uh, gosh. (laughs) Well, I think just as women, you know, as long as you're providing value with what you're giving people, um, Mm -hmm. you know, I've, when we talk about this whole subject, I've been doing a lot of senior stuff um, for the seniors that skipped or had their graduation skipped. And there's a lot of people handing me money for products and thanking me for making them. So, you know, don't be afraid to get out there and sell. There's, there's value that you can give people by selling things. And, you know, if you can add that value, don't be ashamed about making a living off of it. That's awesome, Jillian. I love it. Okay. Tanya. I totally agree with Jillian. And then another point is reach out to others. Um, We've made sales that way, but also support your, your fellow people around you, check in with them. Mm -hmm. Um, This is a really crazy time. People have a lot of anxiety. Um, We've tried, you know, putting out some, some fun things that, that can be purchased to send in cards, you know, to encourage other people to reach Mm -hmm. out for one another. That's been well received. Having things for the seniors. Um, Thank you gifts for the medical professionals Um, and give each other some grace during, during this Mm -hmm. time and all the time. Good point. Okay, Allie, what Um, you got? (laughs) Not a lot more. I've talked too much. Um, no, I think I agree. I think one of the things that I think as a society we're realizing is just how fast and fast paced and what a hustle and bustle we've been in for mm-hmm. so long. And this has made everybody kind of stop and take stock mm-hmm. and think about it. And I've talked to a lot of friends, gender neutral, gender aside, male and female saying, wow, this has actually been kind of nice to make me slow down and recognize just how chaotic life had gotten. Mm-hmm. And I, I think we're going to emerge from this different. And I, I hope so. Yeah. And I don't think, of course, there are always rules that are going to apply. But I think that this is going to be like other pivotal times in our history. It's, mm-hmm. it's going to change the way we do business. It's going to change the way we function as a society. And I don't think in a bad way. I hope you're right, because that's the one thing that I really feel I would like to see happen out of all of this is that we learn from it and we get better because of it. Because I, and a lot of people keep talking about, Oh, I wanted to go back to normal. I wanted to go back to normal. And I'm like, I, I do too, but I'd like it to be a better normal mm-hmm. than the old normal, if that makes any sense. So, and I don't know if Aaron is still listening, but Aaron, if you want, oh, there he's coming back now. There he is. I, I am still are you kidding me. I've been listening. This this has been amazing. So the one thing that I, I dislike about doing a podcast is that you know there's not an opportunity to give these wonderful guests a uh, standing ovation. So uh, it's just oh, you you. Guys, fantastic. I know all the regulators uh, out there listening in. Uh, Thanks to everybody. So before I let you guys go, can I ask one more thing of each of you and to just tell people where they can connect with you, yeah. what, what you can do? Uh, Allie, let's go ahead and start with you. How can people uh, get in touch with you, connect with you? Sure. So certainly on Facebook, we are Where Your Spirit Warehouse on Facebook. Um, 
I am Allison at mosdinc.com for email. Allison has one L, A-L-I-S-O-N. Um, reach out, email. I love cool. developing relationships, so. Wonderful. Yes. Yeah. You, you are, you're, you're amazing at that. I, I've looked up to you for a long time, Allison. So thank you so much for everything that, that you do. Uh, Jillian, how about you? Um, probably the best way to get in contact with me is Jillian Inc. on Facebook or um, JillianInc.com. Uh, JillianInc at Outlook.com is my email. So Cool. Wonderful. Awesome. Well, looking forward to, to getting to know you a little bit better as well. Thank you so much for being Thanks. here today. And Tanya? Um, the best place is probably Facebook, the Visual Identity Vault. And then you can get messages there. And I think all of our contact information is there too, because my email is a bunch of letters. So my email is a bunch of letters. Awesome. Cool. Well, thank you it. so much, Tanya. And uh, and thanks to all of them. I'm going to let you guys go. Christine, I'm keeping you for one second, if you don't mind. Okay, that's all fine. All right. All right, ladies, thank you so much. Thank you, ladies. Oh, you were awesome. All right. So, Christine, I'm keeping you yes. for one more second because in your bio there, we got to talk about some cool things and, and some of the okay. things that you're doing. So uh, before I let you go, I'd like you to tell people a little bit more about those things. And uh, while you're doing that, I'm going to actually see if I can get some of these links into the uh, comments section. But start oh. us off with with the uh, uh, let's see here. Uh, which one was the first one? Reading and rants dot com. What's what's that all about? Reading and ranting is I wanted to do a blog about reading and writing because I love both those things. And I've, I've been a reader since I was, I taught myself to read when I was three and a half or four. Wow. Um, I have always read voraciously and way above my grade level, which got interesting when I started going to the adult section of the library. <laughs> um, and I've always wanted a place where I can talk about that stuff. Um, different kinds of literature, how you write stuff, um, book reviews, any kind of anything that has anything. And the ranting part of it is just sometimes I need a place to go. This is really annoying me and I want to talk about it um, because I can't come on the podcast every week and go. <laughs> so um, and then the podcast that goes with it is basically going to be talking about all those subjects. It's cool. going to be. Um, you know, sometimes guests, sometimes not depending. Um, I'd like to get, you know, your other two regular guys, Terry on there when his new book comes out. Cause I'd like to talk to him about writing. I think that would be fun. Cool. Um, but that's what that is really okay. is just, I have this love of books and literature and writing and I do all those things. And I wanted a place to be able to talk about those things. Excellent. So. Okay. That's then, that one. Perfect. And then Todd says you're also a horror, horror author. author. Yeah. Because yeah, I'm killing everybody with uh, garment decoration products. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's a, that's a long story for another show. So we'll. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> Indeed. All right. So when I'm thin would be the next one that I, I saw in the bio there. Um, when I'm thin started several years ago and it's kind of languished and I brought it back because it's still a topic that I think especially affects women. And it's a lot of what I talk about is some of it is my history because I have lost 50 pounds. I was not a dedicated exerciser at all. I had some health issues and that got me into it. So we started talking about that. But a lot of what I want to talk about too is also body image 
and what it's like to be a larger woman in the world and how that impacts how you think about yourself. And I mean, I've said this before and people go, oh yeah, right. But if you had told me maybe even, well, maybe not five years ago, but if you had told me 10 years ago that I would be on video right now talking to you and be comfortable with it and actually enjoy it, I would have laughed so hard. I probably would have thrown up because it just wasn't something that I could ever imagine doing. And now I'm like, "Eh, okay, I'm good. But so that's kind of the topic of that one is, is how to, how to get healthier and how to help women feel better about and how society puts a lot on women too. And not that they don't on men, because I know they do on men, but I think for women, it's maybe a little more acute sometimes. Sure. So. Okay, cool. Well, that you know, great stuff. And then uh, the Business Plus Women podcast coming soon as yeah, well. Yeah, that's actually business and women, but I didn't like the ampersand, so it's a plus. Got it. <laughs> okay, business and women, but, got it. That one actually, that's going to be a podcast and probably eventually a website of some kind. Okay. Um, but the reason that came about is I'm considering mulling over possibly starting my own business of some kind. Okay. And I started thinking about women that I wanted to talk to. And as I was thinking about it, I thought, you know what? I bet you there's a lot of other women that could benefit from these conversations. Yeah. So... Now it's a podcast. There you go. <laughs> Why not? Yeah, podcast. Yeah, cool. It's so awesome. Cool. Well, thank you so much, Christine. We really appreciate you being here and, and doing this and hosting this. And uh, I think we're set for June for the next one, if I remember correctly. I think it's May, but I'll have to check. Okay. All right. Yeah, I, I definitely will. might we'll be June. I don't know. But yeah, there's another one coming up fairly soon. Cool. Well, that's wonderful. Well, well, thank you so much for all your time today and everything that you do for the Two Regular Guys podcast and uh, and oh, the Women you. in Garment Decorating group. That is so cool that uh, you yes, guys and, have that resource. And if you aren't a member of the Women in Garment Decorating group, you definitely should be if you're female. Yes, exactly. It's worth it. Yeah. yeah, And uh, we'll, we'll get a link into the comments for, for those. Uh, I'd appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Um, in fact, uh, our intrepid uh, supporter, Eric, is... Uh, working on that. (laughs) He's been amazing. All right, Christine, thank you again. And we will talk to you soon. Thank you. It was fun. Good, good. Yes, it was. (laughs) Awesome. Wow, guys, Uh, way into bonus time, but that's what we want. That's what we want in these kinds of, you know, I don't think they even got to half of the questions that they wanted to get to today. So um, we've got lots of of great information coming from them. Hopefully everybody was able to take that. And, And they said, several times too, you know, this isn't a a woman's issue. This is a people issue in a, in a lot of cases, you know, so, uh, the, the learning that I was able to do in in that time. And I know, uh, seeing the feedback from folks here that learning they were able to do in that time has been fantastic too. So thanks to all of them. Uh, let me hit a couple of quick, uh, other events coming up here. I want to make sure that, uh, people know what, what's happening in, uh, in the two regular guys world here, Eric, who's been uh, working hard in the comments for us here today. Uh, his he did a wonderful webinar called Demystifying Next Level Digitizing, and uh, that is actually 
recorded and preserved if if you'd like to still check that out it's one of his most popular classes from the trade show floor better running bolder and more beautiful embroidery with faster cycle from concept to completion so if you want to uh, check that out you can do so over at bitly bit.ly slash eric dd and that's e-r-i-c-h-d-d so check that out um he also will be presenting a virtual seminar actually this Saturday through the DAX program that uh, we've talked about. So if you visit DAXshows.com and go to Treasure Island and seminars, you can sign up for the both the live seminars happening in Treasure Island uh, when that happens in May, hopefully at the end of May, uh, but also these virtual classes. So Eric will be teaching about specialty threads and debating digitizing. So uh, make sure to check that all out. And then I definitely want you guys to go over and check out his new live program. Wonderful uh, opportunity to, to learn from Eric and the wealth of information and knowledge. So at 2.30 Mountain Time, he does the take up. Uh, today, he'll be talking about patches and uh, digitizing specific tips for patches. So you can check that out over at facebook.com slash embroidery Eric. And remember, Eric has an H on the end of it. Um, I won't uh, I won't tease you, Eric, like Terry does. So we'll, we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> um, and speaking of Terry, uh, his scheduling and estimating production time for screen printers is beginning on May 5th at 7 p.m. Eastern time. And every Tuesday, through May thereafter, so a, a four-week session. So if you'd like to learn more about that and get signed up and, and reserve your spot for that, just head over to decorators.education slash SEPT. And no, that does not stand for September. That stands for Scheduling and Estimating Production Time. So uh, that's going to be a great program, uh, really affordable to get involved with that. And uh, so if you're a screen printer and want to learn how to Sleep at night because you're not juggling your production schedule. You're actually in control of your production schedule. Uh, Terry's going to teach you how to do that, give you the tools to do that. He has run shops from large to small. So really looking forward to that program on uh, Saturday, May 23rd up in uh, Minnesota. He's going to be presenting on being a great screen printer. And he just did that virtually actually a couple of days ago. So you can check that out also over at Dax Shows. Uh, he does also have some upcoming screen printing classes happening, his complete screen printing business course happening at Workhorse Products in Phoenix, June 6th through the 7th, and at Atlas Screen Supply in Chicago, June 27th through the 28th. And you can find all of his upcoming classes, events, etc. over at terrycombs.com under the tab Tour Dates. And uh, he is trying to keep that up to date as, as things change here. Uh, Terry's big book of travel is no longer uh, full. So he's been at home and, and able to keep up with that. So uh, that's going on for Terry. And then for myself, uh, just real quickly, uh, our success group, my uh, company that uh, I've started with Todd Downing, we are going to be presenting a set of five keys, five keys to success. And uh, this next upcoming five keys starts on April 29th is called success keys for planning for business success. Uh, you can sign up to become a member of our success group. Um, and uh, by the way, special announcement we'll be making hopefully sometime today here that uh, our introductory offers on the 
memberships are going to be extended until the last shelter in place order is lifted. So, um, but uh, we're, we're working on details of that and hope to have some information out about that here today. Anyways, you can sign up to become a member or you can just participate in the five keys program. Uh, the five week training course consists of live video training access to come back and review the training for life templates and tools to push you forward with a, a good business plan uh, missions or, or homework, whatever you want to call it. Uh, these are tools that we use to help keep, keep people accountable. And, uh, and then plus support from myself and Todd and the entire OSG community, which is a, a building growing community that we're really proud of. And uh, so if you want to check that out, just go over to oursuccessgroup.com slash five keys, the number five, five keys. And again, that series starts on April 29th. And then last bit for me, uh, and, and this is something I'm really excited about. My, my wife and I are going to be presenting a seminar together. So this is her first time. So she's uh, both excited and nervous. Uh, it, this is definitely not an area that she enjoys as much as, as I do, but uh She's started a business called WeHeart.biz, and uh, so we want to talk about starting an e-commerce, what worked and what didn't. You know, hopefully, really share some of the mistakes that that we've made getting her business started. And, you know, she, she's really been integral in that business. I'm kind of behind the scenes saying, oh, you try this, you try this," and um, so w- we've learned a lot along the way. And so we're going to be presenting that at the Dax Show in Minnesota and in Chicago. <clears throat> when those things happen, but uh, we're going to be doing it virtually on April 20th at 2 PM. So again, go to daxshow.com to get signed up for that. I'm really, really excited to uh, show her off to the world. She is so amazing and, and doesn't realize it all the time. So I think she fights a lot of the same demons that were talked about today. And, and uh, so I'm so proud of her for, for doing all that. And I think that is about it. Gosh, we're 20 minutes into bonus time. Well worth every second of it. And uh, so thanks very much to everyone. I want to thank Christine and Allie and Tanya and Jillian and also our show producer, Eric Campbell, who's been working very hard in the comments side and also our sponsor, Impressions Expo. They make it so we can bring this to you every week. Next week, Terry and I will be kind of finishing our discussion that we started last week about what the landscape's going to look like in a post-pandemic decorating community. In fact, it was touched on a little bit today. You know, what what's the new normal going to be? And so we're going to try to prognosticate and come up with some things. Really what we're looking forward to is, is you guys, the regulators, tuning in, sharing your ideas and thoughts. And, uh, you know, like I said, we want it to go back to normal. But like Christine had mentioned, we want the new normal to be better. And, and I, we're already seeing that happen in a, in a lot of ways. And so, you know, what is, what does that new normal look like for everybody and how do, how do we deal with that? So that's what we're going to be talking about next week. But until then for Terry Combs and myself, Aaron Montgomery, we are the two regular guys. Thank you for listening to two regular guys. Check out our website at two regular That's the number two regular you can also interact with us over at our Facebook page, facebook.com slash two regular guys, or send us a tweet, twitter.com slash two regular guys. And we have a YouTube page. You can find all that from our website, two regular guys.com. Thanks for tuning in, and we look forward to spending some time with you again next week.